and welcome to the week in review for the week of February 4. In the news, the ruling civil contract party announces its candidate for the office of president. Azerbaijan rejects Armenia's proposals on the demarcation and delimitation process. And Azerbaijani culture minister says a working group will restore, quote, Armenianized Albanian temples, raising serious concerns yet again. This week, the ruling civil contract party nominated Vahagan Khachadrian, the current minister of high-tech industry, as its presidential candidate. The opposition factions announced today that they are boycotting the presidential elections, noting that the ruling party has decided to nominate and appoint a candidate to represent their political interests. The election will take place in March. Until then, Khachadrian will continue to serve as minister of high-tech industry. Khachadarya served as mayor of Yerevan from 1992 to 1996 and as advisor to President Levon Derbed from 1996 to 1998. Until 2017, he was an active member of the Armenian National Congress Party, which uh, is headed by uh, Derbed Rosyan. submitted his official resignation from the party two days ago on February 2. And during the government session on February 3, Pashinyan announced that Vahagan Khachatryan was nominated by 66 MPs from the ruling faction, which means that he is likely to uh, be elected as president. As a reminder, Ahmed Sarkisian resigned on the evening of January 23. The day after his resignation, Hetgayem published an article claiming that when assuming the presidency, Sarkisian had been a citizen of St. Kitts and Nevis, which was illegal under Armenia's constitution. This week, Hetk published another article, according to which Sarkisian had failed to mention in his 2019 income declaration that he had been the director of an overseas firm, which uh, is associated with his family. The Criminal Code of Armenia entails a penalty if false information is submitted in an income declaration or um, there's information that has not been revealed. The punishment uh, can be a fine of 2 to 3 million Armenian dirhams or imprisonment for a maximum of two years. And just as a, a note, all state officials, elected officials, uh, are have to submit a declaration of income. And as a side note... Uh Armin Sarkisian is not in Armenia, he's overseas, he's uh, receiving medical treatment. Mm -hmm. Well, the Armenian government says there seems to be a positive momentum in opening regional communication links, the border demarcation and the limitation issues between Armenia and Azerbaijan have reached a stalemate. Azerbaijan's foreign minister, Jehum Bayramov, announced yesterday that Azerbaijan has rejected Armenia's proposals on demarcation and limitation. And uh, just as a reminder, also uh, last month, Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, had announced that the Armenian side had made new proposals on the issue of delimitation and demarcation, which the Russian side had passed on to Azerbaijan. Bayramov went on to declare that Armenia... Uh, and this is a direct quote, which occupied Azerbaijani lands for 30 years, does not have a legal, political, or moral right to set any conditions for the border demarcation. Um, he added that Baku was ready, however, to start talks without any preconditions. Bayramov also stated that the Armenian side had sabotaged the work of the trilateral working group tasked with opening communication links between the two countries. And earlier yesterday, Armenia's foreign minister Arat Mirzoyan announced that security measures which will create stability 
security on the border are being discussed with Russia and Azerbaijan, Mirsoyan also confirmed that the Azerbaijani side had rejected the proposals of the Armenian side, calling it a normal procedure in the negotiations process. He added that Armenia has also rejected proposals made by Azerbaijan previously. Commenting on Bayramov's statements, Armenia's uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs speaker Vahan Hunanyan told Armen Press that Azerbaijan had not presented any meaningful response to Armenia's proposals and had not made any counter-proposals. Hunanyan also noted that calling Armenia's proposals preconditions and making moral, political, and legal judgments about them has no connection with the negotiation process and the agreements reached last year in Sochi and Brussels. He also added that uh, Bayramov's claims that Armenia has sabotaged the work of the trilateral working group are ironic, uh, citing Pashinyan's announcement at the government meeting earlier that morning that the two countries are very close to implementing the agreement on opening the rail links. He expressed hope that Bayramov's statements do not uh, mean that Baku is rejecting the agreement on opening the rail communication between Armenia and Azerbaijan. In connection with opening the rail link between Armenia and Azerbaijan, Russia's Deputy Prime Minister Oleksiy Overchuk and the Chief Executive of the Russian Railways, a state monopoly managing Armenia's railway network, Oleg Belozerov, met with Armenia's Deputy Prime Minister on February 2 to discuss the ongoing efforts to restore transport links between the two countries. Both Overchuk and Armenia's Deputy Prime Minister uh, Meher Grigorian are part of the trilateral working group. Yesterday, the spokesperson of the Armenian Foreign Ministry, Vahan Hunanyan, also announced that the next meeting between the Armenian and Turkish special envoys will take place on February 24 in Vienna. Their first meeting took place on January 14 in Moscow, which both sides had described as constructive. This week, Armenian Fly 1 and Turkish Pegasus Airlines both operated their first flights between Yerevan and Istanbul. This is after the COVID uh, situation when the flight stopped. Armenia's Foreign Minister Arat Mirzoyan told reporters on the same day that the normalization of Armenian-Turkish relations will positively impact other processes that are taking place in the region, including Armenian-Azerbaijani relations. And this week, the Turkish and Azerbaijani parliaments ratified this so-called Shusha Declaration, they call Shushi Shusha, therefore the name, which entails the provision of mutual military assistance in the event of threats or aggression against the borders of one of the parties, as well as continuous joint efforts to modernize the armies of the two countries. The declaration also refers to the so-called Zankezur Corridor, stating that together with the Nakhichevan-Garst Railway, it will contribute to the strengthening of relations. The declaration was signed by the leaders of the two countries in June of last year. Well, Arab Museum was being too hopeful, once hoping yeah. that there would be positive impact. Um, on February 3, Azerbaijan's culture minister announced that a working group of specialists in Albanian history and architecture has been set up to remove the, quote, uh, fictitious traces w- written by Armenians on Albanian religious temples. He also stated that the working group is cooperating with the government agencies as well as international experts. The religious temples in question are Armenian churches and monasteries which came under Azerbaijani control after the 2020 Artsakh war. Since the end of the war, Armenia has raised the alarm on various international platforms that Armenian cultural heritage is threatened under Azerbaijani control, but Azerbaijan is refusing to let 
um, UNESCO groups visit the sites. This latest move by Azerbaijan is in direct violation of the provisional measure from the International Court of Justice in the Armenia versus Azerbaijan case to, quote, take all necessary measures to prevent and punish acts of vandalism and desecration affecting Armenian cultural heritage, including but not limited to churches and other places of worship, monuments, landmarks, cemeteries, and artifacts. More on diplomatic news, Austria's Foreign Minister Alexander Schallenberg visited Yerevan on February 2, meeting with Arat Mirzoyan as well as Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan. Mirzoyan and Schallenberg discussed the agenda of Armenia. Austrian bilateral relations, stressing the importance of further developing business relations between the two countries. A major milestone in this regard is the opening of the Austrian Development Agency office in Yerevan. The sides also discussed regional issues, Armenian-Azerbaijani relations, Armenia-Turkey relations, as well as the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. Commenting on the issue of Armenian POWs still being kept in Azerbaijan and the inability of international organizations to enter Artsakh after the war, Schallenberg noted that the international community cannot replace the political will that has to come from the parties of the conflict to resolve these issues. He added that the EU and the OSC are ready to help, but Yerevan and Baku must be willing to accept that help. Schallenberg also noted that since his visit to the region last summer, he noticed positive changes in approaches aimed at solving uh, issues between the two countries. Mirzoyan, in turn, pointed out that Azerbaijan is blocking access for the International Committee of the Red Cross to Artsakh, which is the only international organization that has been present in the country since the early 1990s, adding that this proves Azerbaijan's destructive stance towards solving the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. The Austrian foreign minister was accompanied by a delegation of business representatives who were exploring investment opportunities within the framework of an Armenian-Austrian joint business forum. And Georgia's Minister of Internal Affairs, Vartang Gomulari, was also in Yerevan on an official visit this week. He was received by Prime Minister Pashinyan as well as Armenia's police chief, Vahe Ghazaryan. The Armenian officials and the Georgian interior minister discussed a strengthening of effective cooperation between the law enforcement systems as well as shared information on the results of the patrol service reform process. Both sides highlighted exchange of experience and, and constant communication in the spirit of friendly Armenian-Georgian relations. Also this week, the preliminary investigation into neglect of military duties by Armenian servicemen during the Azerbaijani attack on November 16 was concluded. Armenia's investigative committee reported that as a result of negligence by two military officers and one soldier, Azerbaijani armed forces were able to take a hold of an Armenian military position, capturing 13 servicemen, two bodies and eight POWs were later returned to the Armenian side, while three soldiers still remain in Azerbaijani captivity. The criminal case has now been sent to the Prosecutor General's office. Also this week, the first verdict under the Grave Insults Law was handed down. The Armenian parliament, as a reminder, had criminalized what, um, something called grave insults against officials last year. The person who was found guilty was charged last November after calling the Yerevan Police Department and complaining about transportation issues in the capital. The caller is said to have verbally abused and voiced grave insults towards Prime Minister Pashinyan and the Minister of High-Tech Industry 
and their families. The defendant confessed to making the insults during questioning and will be fined 500,000 dirhams uh, under the verdict. That's about 1,000 U.S. dollars. And just a general idea about the situation. To date, according to the prosecutor's office, a total of 263 criminal cases were opened under the same article, 25 of which were dropped, 5 were suspended, and 11 others were merged into other criminal cases. This means that 214 criminal cases are being investigated and 31 people have already been charged. And on January 31, Judge Boris Bakhshian, who works at the Court of First Instance in Sunik region, was arrested on charges of baselessly ordering the arrest of a defendant who failed to attend a court hearing for legitimate reasons. Supporters of Bakhshian claim that he was arrested for granting bail to opposition figure Ashot Minasian, uh, who participated in the 2020 Artsakh War. Minasian was arrested last December for plotting to kill Nikol Pashinyan, attempting to overthrow the Armenian government and illegal possession of weapons. The coup charges were later dropped. Amid continuing inflation in Armenia, electricity prices also went up on February 1 by 4.7 drums per kilowatt. However, the rate will not change for socially vulnerable people who make up to 11% of the consumers. The decision was approved by the Public Service Regulatory Commission back in December of 2021. Commenting on 7.7% inflation rates that Armenia registered last year, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan announced during yesterday's government session that price hikes in Armenia are on par with global increase of prices for food, adding that the government is doing everything to curb the inflation rate uh, to internationally accepted standards. And Artsakh is also on the path of constitutional reforms, as is Armenia. On January 31, Artsakh's president, Aray Karotunyan, confirmed the board of the Constitutional Reform Council. Changing the government system will be the main um, topic in the reform agenda. Currently, Artsakh has a presidential governmental system and intends to switch to a semi-presidential system. Harutunyan had told Artsakh civil society representatives about possible changes to the constitution earlier this year, earlier in January, actually. Um, citizens of Artsakh also held a referendum on constitutional changes back in 2017, as a result of which the post of prime minister was abolished, giving more power to the president. So Arsakh went from being presidential to super-presidential, and now they're going to being semi-presidential. Right. On January 31, in a televised interview, former President Ser Sarkisyan responded to Prime Minister Pashinyan's recent claims that in 2016, when Sarkisyan was president, Karabakh had lost all theoretical and practical chances of not being part of Azerbaijan. Sarkisyan dismissed Pashinyan's arguments, claiming that the mediators never offered proposals which crossed red lines set by the Armenian side. He added that the nagorno karabakh self-determination and the existence of a land border between Armenia and nagorno karabakh still remain on the table. Ser Sarkisian also countered Pashinyan's claims that the proposal deal set no date for the self-determination referendum, arguing that Lachin and Kelpachar, two of the seven districts around Gharapakh, would remain under Armenian control until Baku agreed to the vote. As a reminder, with the Madrid documents and further proposals based on them, uh, Armenian forces were to eventually withdraw from the seven regions around Gharapakh. And now to the latest COVID updates. Daily infection numbers continue to grow. This week, over 21,000 new cases were registered. Health Minister Anahit Avanesian announced that 4% of daily infection numbers need hospitalization and that 80% of confirmed COVID cases are 
the Omicron variant. The self-isolation period for people who have COVID has been shortened to 10 days. Those who are vaccinated will need to remain in quarantine for only seven days. The vaccination process goes on. 46.3% of adults have received the first shot of vaccine, while 37% of all adults are fully vaccinated. And that's the week we've had here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good week and we'll be back again next Friday. Thank you.